finagle the. All right, we are live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Dirtbag Nation. Episode, I believe, 18 of the Dirtbag Dugout podcast. With me, as always, Nate Weeks. Uh, my God, dude, we have a CS. Have we so have a championship series. Movies. We had a hell of a DS, but now we have the final four. So New York doesn't even get to rest. They're going, they're on their way. They're packing up the locker room, right? You know, they're packing the clubhouse up, put it on the road because they got to be in Houston tomorrow night. Yep. What do you garbage. garbage planning by, by MLB. I get it. You had inclement weather. I believe even we were talking about last week, obviously. Phillies Atlanta game getting delayed a game or a day, I should say, because of weather. Same with Yankees and Guardians earlier being delayed. Even, even here on the West Coast, you have Dodgers Padres delayed by a few hours because we had some heavy rain. We were actually watching that game outside and it just came like literally thunder. And then it just opened up, and it was it was heavy. So just pretty much weather just destroying a lot of uh, a lot of. I don't want to say destroying extra time for them to be able to pop the bottle straight to the terminal, straight on the plane, get ready. In twelve hours, we're basically going to be on the field doing practice. Like it's four thirty right now Pacific, seven thirty Eastern. So this is as fresh as within the last half hour. So literally, like you said, they are literally packing stuff getting on the plane, get ready. In 12 hours, we probably got a game, maybe 16, 18 hours, whatever. But basically, by this time tomorrow, we're going to be looking at game one of the uh, championship series. Now, floating back over to the National League, who would have saw the Phillies dog smacking the Braves? I know I didn't. I said I had the best chance to go to five. It goes to four. Phillies continue their hot streak by way of just demolishing the reigning champs. That inside the park home run I already knew was going to be the nail in the coffin. But that was uh, the most I believe was Rafi Devers in 2017. And it was the first time because I believe it was JT Real Muto, first time in postseason history, it's been done by a catcher. So a little bit of history there, but what a what a performance by the Phillies. I'm really looking forward to that division, that division next year because everybody discounted the Phillies. I believe you said they were under 500 at one point. I know yeah, I've been this, talking this about season, them being the Phillies are under five hundred, and obviously they fell to just about. And yet, look look who's home and look who's moving on. Crazy. Uh, gosh, I definitely didn't expect Philly to just put Atlanta away up on the shelf. Like, all right, next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all credit to them for getting hot Well, while they're getting hot. Uh, it's something, you know, that inside the park home run, you know, just – Watching the stadium electrify. Yeah, erupt in craziness. Pandemonium. And that's that's a loyal fan base. You know, you 
Phillies fans are like Cubs fans. We've had a lot of bad years, man. So when the Cubs come around, it's pretty fucking sweet. So that's yeah. really nice for Philadelphia and you know for them to get this opportunity to play good postseason baseball. And that's what we're gonna see as they have to uh, play the Padres tonight. Uh, you know they're putting Wheeler on the mound as San Diego has Darvish going, and I think that it could be a very strong pitcher's duel. Absolutely. At least nobody saw that coming either with the Padres, but their bullpen, their starting pitching is is definitely solid. If I mean at least good, if you don't want to say great, they're very good, and then their bullpen will definitely make up anything that they do lack. So I think that that. In particular, aside from the Dodgers just kind of completely disappearing, and I'm more than honest with with what happened, the Dodgers completely disappear, got dog smacked, and that that offensive lineup that the Padres have, even if they weren't doing amazing to start off, they eventually got hot or played enough small ball or whatever you want to call it to notch those runs hit by hit, piece by piece, to take down, you know, a juggernaut. So a 100 plus win. Los Angeles, a 110-plus win Los Angeles Dodger team. This was a Dodger team that was expected to uh, battle Atlanta again uh, for the seat. Like, look, there were expectations coming into this season. They met right up until they didn't, tragically. Just, you know. Amazingly. It's tough to watch them just because you're absolutely right. They, It's like that team disappeared. They were ice cold. They weren't the elves we saw all season. It's kind of like the Mets, too. I mean, that kind of was the same. It was almost like a mirror, you know, an exact copy. The Mets just disappeared. Pitching, I mean, one good game, but then the rest of their pitching just fell apart. Same deal with the Dodgers. One good game. I don't want to say necessarily that their pitching fell apart. Uh, I probably would say Tony Gonsolin uh, only got 1.1 inning, probably should have only gone one. He kind of fell apart. Open kind of carried it. But again, how we were saying before, if you don't have both sides of the of the coin working for you, pitching and your off, it doesn't matter. You can much how we saw and kind of my segue into that Houston series, 18 fucking innings bro you're gonna tie your own record from five years ago and still make it an overall 1-0 game might i say i believe it was pena too carlos Correa's replacement who did that who did that one uh moonshot into the stand so it, that in, in itself the, you know the the man of the hour it, uh and he rose to the occasion but for seattle to make Houston play two, that's a doubleheader, 18 innings. Yeah, basically. For them, you you were that close, Seattle. You like, man, you treated us to an incredible battle. Yes. Oh. So they threw everybody out there. Everybody. I believe there was only the last I saw with the graphic, I believe Houston had one other pitcher left aside from whoever they ended up winning with i think it was um uh who's their starter i'm already forgetting his name but basically he went for another six innings i believe something like that he went for a handful because 
you didn't have anybody else left in the bullpen who yep. was only going to do one or two. You needed to use a starter as a reliever. So, like you said, it, it took it took or Seattle battled enough that it took Houston sending out a starter, sending out literally the last drop of what they had in order to beat them. A lot of zeros on that board. So Man. even though the loss stings and it hurts, especially with the the amount of progress that they've made, especially considering last year where they were just shy. So all the progress that they've made this year, you gotta had you gotta hang your head high, hang your hat on the fact that fine, yeah, you let game one slip, probably should have had that. But the fact that even game three you had, you basically, like you said, the equivalent of two games fought to the bitter end, just for whatever reason, couldn't couldn't finish it off, couldn't close the door. So definitely excited for what they have to bring to the table uh, in 23, though. You hope that Seattle does enough in the offseason to keep what chemistry they have, because you got to keep this lightning in the bottle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't let it out because if you do, the magic's gone. Absolutely. They have, there's free agents too. So you can't tell me, not saying that they need to really tweak their their lineup, but there are definitely plenty of serviceable free agents upcoming in this, this off season. So if you want to at least even make an offer just to show that you're forward thinking, that you're forward minded, you know, they got to do something. Like you said, keep that lightning keep that bottle as tight as possible, clutch it, keep it tight. Like don't, don't let that slip because you as a franchise, especially considering the history, you had a lot of eyes on you. You had a lot of buzz, a lot of people talking and a lot of people hopeful. I mean, present company included definitely was pulling for that upset. That would have been, that would have been one for the ages. But again, I guess we'll, we'll just have to see in 23. Hopefully they can make more, you know, more of what, what they've built on. I guess I was just so hopeful because of their narrative, you know, we mm-hmm. get all rosy, rosy cheeked and misty eyed. And uh, again, you know, I think you're right. They'll, they'll bring it back in 23, but gosh, it was fun to root for them against the yeah, you see the space needle, see that giant freaking Mariner flag on top. Like, oh, that city, that city was ready. That city was so ready. Oh, and that's the you know, they were hungry too. It wasn't just the team. The 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 whole city of Seattle, the fan base was hungry. They were just hungry as the team. So uh just it, it, good all around, you know. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for 23. I mean, obviously, I have no dog in the fight, but I definitely am. Just from a general standpoint, I, I'm already thinking as far as, like I said, just that free agent class. We're going to see what what gets shaken up, what teams, you know, are really the biggest buyers, who sells. Obviously, winter meetings are going to be coming up. So I know we still have a lot more pay, uh, postseason baseball to get through, but just seeing as how – like I said, we're basically in that final four. That just brings it that much closer. Crazy to think we're midway through October, you know, about about a week or two shy of uh, of the World Series podcast and that, you know, getting into the, the ultimate prize. Like, so I guess. In, in the lead up vein, now yeah. that 
the AL and NLCS set. You know, you've got Houston and New York, the matchup that I think everybody was kind of eventually expecting. And then, you know, you have the two uh, Colossus of Clouds that have just been giant killers in Philadelphia and San Diego. What yeah. do you think does what in which series? I think Houston will still take it. I think they've the rest, too, is really going to mess them up. Or, you know, the lack of rest for the Yankees, uh, I would probably say it would go – I don't think it's going to be quick, but I definitely think the first game or two is definitely going to go in Houston's favor just because of that rest and having to catch up. Obviously, when they go back to New York or, you know, the travel, whichever way, I think that'll really allow them that time to catch up. So I would say Houston in six. I'm going to say Houston in six. The Yankees will probably be able – if they can't steal one on the road, they should be okay at home. Um, as far as the National League side, I want to say that's going to go to seven. I'm going to say that's going to go to seven because those teams seem a little more evenly matched. Um I would probably uh that's kind of tough because I'm thinking about the lineups and I feel like the Padres on paper might have a little more, but at the same time watching actually watching you know the Phillies over the last few weeks, you know, these last two weeks in particular, you know, they have some names too. It, it's not, you know, the the 300 million dollar man you know or multiple 300 million dollar men that they have but i think ah uh, that's just a tough one my honest, i'm kind of in your boat in the on paper for me <laughs> mm-hmm. on paper i believe diego looks like they have a little more robust offense or uh, a more consistent offense that's going to string hits together just like they did against LA. So I think that may be where the trouble will lie. It's not that Philadelphia's offense is lacking. It's just whether or not the, uh, the starting pitching and obviously the bullpen continues, you know, for the Padres uh, continues what they've been doing, you know, that recipe for success. Um, if they can continue to do that, then yeah, I think it's, it's really going to come down to Philly's pitching versus San Diego's pitching. So I would think with that, I would probably put it over San Diego, but I, I do believe it's going to be in seven. I don't think it's going to be, it's really going to take again, both sides of the coin working out, you know, working in tandem in order to make that a reality. It's going to be tough, though, regardless. It's still going to be tough, but I think that's... I'm impressed if one of these teams can get the edge on the other, a two-game lead. Mm-hmm. I really think it's going to be back and forth. Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be, you know, just like you said, a seven-gamer, and it's going to go one, 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 you know? And that, you know, if you get two games early on or if you get two in the middle and break things wide open, because that... Mm-hmm a little bit of momentum but again this has the potential to go to seven and i think it will i man Mm -hmm. absolutely like i said it just it really comes down to i i really think san diego has a little bit better pitching staff 
but Philly isn't a slouch either. So it's really just which team has both has both ends working, you know, at the right time. As far as Houston and New York, uh, I think Houston, especially with that rest, again, like I said, uh, probably again more like you were saying with uh, Philly, or I'm sorry, with San Diego, probably a little more slightly more robust lineup than the Yankees, but if the Yankees can can strap it on and actually get their stuff together, especially with the short rest, then at least at least to six. But I really I really feel like it's probably gonna be if we're talking like World Series matchup, I'm probably gonna say Houston and San Diego. That's just what my head says. My heart wants Philly, but my head is gonna say San Diego. Uh, same with heart and head it's probably going to be Houston even though I I mean I'm still going to be salty about 2017 and say I don't want Houston to see another series but I mean hey there's still yeah there's still going to be a powerhouse especially like kind of taking a step back especially considering that they've offloaded what three three of their marquee players I think Springer mm-hmm. for one uh I would, who else did? Uh, I can. Yeah. I had the name. I have the name in my head. But I think Justin Verlander too is going to be a big, big impact. Continue continuing to shove. I mean, they have Garrett Cole as well, but I think Justin Verlander has been, just been on a whole different planet. So that's basically a guaranteed win. Whenever they, I'm pretty sure he's going to be game one. But that's just going to be uh, just another dominant performance unless the Yankees can just acquire some magic beans and you know pull out a miracle uh game one against the Yankees so he'll be going tomorrow night Uh, but if you I think you're right that dude is uh definitely playing on a whole other uh just level of baseball right now been lights out of the mound and I think his performances are a large part of why Houston is where they are and how they won so many games on the season in as a whole yeah especially I believe their final was what 106 something like that so you're talking a 10 at least a 105 plus like you'd be you'd be happy with a hundred I'm sure not even a 90 as long as you make it, but the fact that you were dominating the entire American League, not just the West, not just, you know, the top half of whatever top teams, like you literally were dominating, dominating. So that's going to be something that I know, again, obviously regular season doesn't really mean much, but I think that that's, like you said, indicative more of just the overall success they've had as a unit, not just, oh, well, yeah, Verlander could probably get you 15 15 to 20 wins just off his arm alone, but it takes, it takes everybody else kind of showing up. So, you know, uh, yeah, I just think that lineup is going to be a little much for the Yankees to handle, but not again, not that they're slouches, they will respond, but I just, I just think that they have a little more in the tank. And and so that's the thing. If, if Philadelphia takes San Diego, seven right and Houston closes out the Yankees early that's another opportunity for Houston to rest before they get an opponent and Mm -hmm. I guess that's why it pays to be good but 
this is almost where San Diego has to figure out, can we close, can we find a way to edge uh, Philadelphia? Uh, because in the long run, I do San Diego is going to take uh, the NLCS, and I do see Houston taking the ALCS. Uh, I do think that if San Diego goes to seven, they lose to Houston in four or five. It'll be a brief series. They might get one. They might, you know. But if they don't get it, if they get a little rest, I think that San Diego could very well win the series. All together. All together. I think they could take Houston to seven because just with the way that San Diego's bullpen has demonstrated cohesion. That's what I'm in. That's what is really shown that is going to be a reliability here in October ball is that bullpen's cohesive performance. And it starts, and it goes, starter, reliever, save. And every single guy, he's showing up and he's putting Padres first. So for them to put organization, for them to be playing organization first ball, uh, you just need to string a couple of hits together. Uh, it's dividends. It's definitely paying dividends, as, as we can clearly see in the last two weeks. Hmm. I I really do believe that San Diego could win the whole daggone thing, but that you know it's all conditional, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I get taken to seven, this, that, and the third. But who knows? Maybe they get taken to seven. Maybe they take Houston to seven. I don't know how much gas this has in the tank, but it's going to take a lot to run the marathon ahead of them. Absolutely. I mean, you kind of going back to how we were talking about Seattle, same basic concept. Obviously, they, again, let game one slip. You know, even if it's 1-1, if game three still gets played the same way, you know, 18 innings, that's a different story. You know, you're basically playing the equivalent of four, you know, four or five game series as opposed to a three game series. So that if you're on the other side, you know, Phillies, Phillies and Padres, you're looking at that as well. Like, well, they may have that extra rest technically, but they're still gassed. They still have all these other players that they've run through. So, you know, it really it really is going to come down to managing the game. Well, like you said, everybody, all the relievers, everybody being on point. Uh, deploying your guys smartly. Uh, quick little shot at Dave Roberts, obviously infamous, knowing, not knowing when to keep a guy, not knowing when to pull him, like I swear. But that's really what it's going to come down to is, is the Padres. If they do make it all the way to the series, and yeah, I think it, it probably would be the same way. I'm mm, If it's not going to be Houston in six, say it is Houston and San Diego, my head says Houston in six again, but if the Padres manage to steal one, manage to, you know, kind of smack them in the mouth and surprise a lot of people and it goes to seven. Yeah. That's really where it's going to come down to is managing. Well, even beforehand, if you're keeping your eyes on the prize, you're managing well, well beforehand, even in the games, you're not trying to get too cute, but you do keep your eyes on the prize. Like, okay, well, I'm not going to gas this dude in game one or two. If our aspirations are to win the whole thing, you know, obviously, depending on where you're at in the series, but if your ultimate goal is going to seven, you gotta you gotta play it smart. You gotta play it right. 
when the, all right, when we address the game management and the manager's role, how much of that do, do you trust your analytic? Do you trust the the nerdy guy that uh, the front office hired, the data analytic man that gets paid millions of dollars a year to make sure that you have the best decision making available to you? Do you do you trust the data or do you trust the baseball juju? You know, like do you trust your gut? What how you know? What do you think? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Because obviously numbers don't lie, but at the same time, the number how do I how do I want to say this? Like the numbers aren't always concrete. If that makes sense, there's always a there's always a uh, not discrepancy. What's the word? There's always like an outlier. I mean, there's a certain baseline. Yes. Yeah. There's always a certain baseline that obviously gives value to why. I mean, obviously these these franchises wouldn't be throwing millions and billions and trillions and whatever else, you know, into these departments at these experts and wouldn't be employing them if they didn't have some merit to them. So obviously there is some merit. However, like you said, the human factor, okay, kind of going back to obviously the odds on paper, certain things, Dodgers plus 300, San Diego plus 2,600 as of a week ago. So in, in what world, you know, do you just trust pure numbers? Obviously, we've seen where the numbers aren't going to tell. They tell, I'll even go as far as to say they tell 99% of the story, but there's still that 1%. There's still that chance, you know, that snowball's chance in hell where it could just, you know, hell can freeze over and we can see a completely different trajectory, a different reality from what the numbers purely say. So again very much merit to them very much something that you should pay attention to and should give the due respect and due diligence to follow but not to a t so i don't want to say it's 50 50 that's that's pretty much uh how do i i guess it just depends how much do you trust your skipper how much do you trust your numbers you know that's different depending on the franchise that's different depending on the situation that's a good point. That's a. I, I at this point, you know, in, in October, I want to be able to trust the skipper's judgment sixty percent of the time. Let analytics do the job for you know a 60-40 ratio, maybe even seventy thirty, because mm-hmm. there's a reason that managers are old heads, right? Mm-hmm. Reason that a lot of them traditionally played the game for umpteen years and are core to baseball mm-hmm. uh, Mike Matheny from St. Louis is a name that just immediately comes to mind um, but I, I feel like you gotta trust the skipper yeah or not, he listened to your brainiac is on him because you as the GM in the front office you're like hey the skipper knows when to deploy the analytic man and when not to, right? I would hope so. Yeah, you got to let the skipper go with his gut. If uh, anything, it should be it should be more of a tool than an absolute. A tool more than a rule. That kind of rhymes, kind of doesn't, but I, I feel that kind of encapsulates what I'm I'm trying to get at. Like, yes, it's an important tool, but if you can get it done 
I don't want to say by other means, but it, like I said, it's not the end all, it's not going to be the end all be all, but it's, it's, if anything, it should be, again, a tool should be a nice cushion, you know, for the manager to kind of lay back on and, yeah, and figure out like, okay, well, what are my options? What are my realistic options? What are, you know, what are the things that I can, I can use in this situation, especially given it's not just based off your own lineup, but obviously what they have in front of them, you know, their opponents. So in a way it should be a gut, should be the numbers. Again, it just really depends on the franchise and, and what that, that front office is, is comfortable with, with the reins. Cause you see some where the dude's just literally a puppet. He's just a front, you know, and there you see other franchises, you know, other clubs where that dude can do no wrong. And, you know, he's a grizzled vet and knows the game like the back of his hand and you trust, you know, word is bond basically. So yeah. it, it really is going to, I think, again, kind of how we were going back and forth with just managerial decisions and, you know, the two sides of the coin, it's going to take, it's going to take using that the right way as well. Cause you try to get too cute. You try to get too analytic and it's going to bite you in the ass. Cause again, October baseball is different. If anything, that's where that X factor, human factor, October magic, whatever you want to call it. That's where it backhands the fuck out of analytics. You can put all the numbers you want, but the game still needs to be played. You know, every at bat is, is a different chance. I mean, it is again with that, like I always said about it being a certain baseline, not being the end all be all. Cause obviously every year we keep refining, we keep adding and plugging new numbers. It's not, it's not a concrete science, if you will. Right. So, that's just something I was thinking of. Well, no, that's that's good. No, that's that's absolutely good. It's a good it's a good point. You're gonna see the difference in managerial styles and you know who gets the rain and who gets who gets kind of held back a bit. Yeah. Well, I really don't have anything else today. Do you? I don't. I took no notes because I've been in mourning <laughs> a little bit. No, but for real, I'm 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 actually excited, uh, especially for the National League side. The fact that two Cinderella stories, for you know all intents and purposes, are are ongoing. A lot of great baseball has been played. We finally have the championship series. Um, you know, the next two weeks are going to be more than enough to talk about. So I I have no other little stats or notes or no, I have nothing. So the fourteen games left. Two series for the ship. We'll see where things uh, fall. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot, especially game one starting today. Uh, you said for NL and ALs tomorrow. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a busy weekend, man. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. Like I said, I got no I got no other rounds on my end, so I guess we'll just see where we're at next week. All right. All right. Very well. I appreciate you guys listening, watching. We officially got us a championship series. So, you know, enjoy your weekend. We'll get to it when we get to it. So, yeah, appreciate you listening, watching. Till next time, stay tuned, dirtbags.